0: Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Hosanna. My name is Jared Van Voorst. I'm the Lakeville campus pastor, and we believe the Lord led you here today, tonight. Uh, for our Ash Wednesday service, it's a good time to be together. It's always kind of one of those uh, intention moments. You, you want to celebrate and you want to sing out loud. And yet uh, there's this moment, uh, for those of you who have grown up in the church, where Ash Wednesday is a little bit more somber. And so we sort of live in this tension moment. We're going we're gonna to be in that moment all throughout our service together. But I think it's a good place to be because we have this hope of Jesus. And we also recognize that maybe uh, that song that we just sang, all my life, you've been faithful. You've been so, so good. For some of us, it's really easy to sing those lyrics. For others of us, maybe we're in a season right now that that's really hard to sing and that's okay. We're with you. We're for you as you're in that season as well. We'll sing for you as well. We believe God is good and in this place tonight, amen? Amen. Uh, well, I am excited to be able to just share a few thoughts with you as we kick off uh, really this Lenten season, as Pastor Ryan already mentioned. Uh, one of the things that we talk about with Lent and with Ash Wednesday is that's the start of a season where we're maybe, maybe giving something up to then reflect a little bit more on God. Has anybody, uh, raised your hand if you've already decided something that you're going to set aside or give up. Okay, I'm going to give up shoveling snow. Um <laughs> I'm just gonna make my kids do it. I think kindergarten is old enough to be able to shovel snow, right? Especially when each scoop is like 40 pounds each. So my back is just killing me, but oh well. Oh, well, summer is just around the corner. We have these uh, phrases that we've used over the years as we talk about Ash Wednesday, that it's this moment, certainly in Minnesota, where we sort of move from winter to spring. It's this, okay, we, we could see it coming. We can see it coming. And some of us are feeling like it, it's never gonna come. It's just never, I mean, there's mountains of snow in our parking lot. We just can't keep up, but it's coming. Winter to spring uh, sometimes we talk about it in this way, we move uh, from death to resurrection in, in the church calendar. We talk about this as we, as we look ahead toward Easter and what we're anticipating and expecting uh, in Jesus. And so we get to celebrate that rhythm in our own lives as well as we uh, spend this intentional time to do that. Another phrase that we've used from time to time is moving from ashes, which we'll do tonight, moving from ashes to alleluia. Uh, so whatever phrase maybe makes sense for you, this is what we're doing. It's, it's a very intentional time that we take a step back and, and we reflect on some things. Particularly, we reflect on our humanity, our, our dust. And we'll get into that in just a second. But actually, tonight what we're doing is sort of a, a beginning to this series that we're going to be in uh, throughout our Lenten season called Miracles. Miracles. Uh, And I think it's just important for us to say this from time to time that if we're followers of Jesus or if you're checking out the Christian faith, at some point we just have to come to grips with the fact uh, that this is a faith that embraces miracles, that embraces the supernatural. In fact, it's the whole reason we exist because of a miracle called the resurrection. And so we're starting this series off. And I want to read you the theme verse uh, to maybe have in your mind as we go throughout this series. It comes from John chapter 20. It's at the end of the book of John And it says this, John's sort of wrapping up the story. And he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. Love that. And that's gonna be something that we're reflecting on for these next few weeks. And ultimately, some have uh, referred to this as the seven signs. That's what he's referred to. Jesus performed many other signs. Uh, There are seven signs of John, and we're gonna be looking at different signs or miracles. And ultimately, what they are, are miracles to prepare us for the greatest miracle, and that is the resurrection. But in this Ash Wednesday, what we're going to do tonight is spend some intentional time coming face-to-face with what it means to be human, to be mortal, we might use that word as well. And I think uh, when we do that the most is uh, throughout our lives is when there's the potential to lose our humanity uh, in grief, in pain, the loss of a loved one, a diagnosis. I was just, uh, just yesterday at the hospital with John Pierce of Pierce Skate and Ski. He sits in that back row right there every single Sunday morning at nine o'clock. He hasn't been here the last couple weeks because his body's starting to shut down. And so I was meeting with him and just talking with him and he and his wife were joking back and forth about different stories, but also crying and feeling the pain of what's to come because he's transitioning into hospice. And so he's very aware, very present in this moment of, of dealing with this death is just around the corner. And he's, he, he's come to peace with that. But he also knows Jesus and he loves Jesus. And so he's got to go through this hard and painful journey uh, because joy is on the other side. Resurrection is on the other side. So we come face to face with this to recognize uh, that this is a part of our story, even though joy and resurrection is on the other side of it. So we're going to be preparing for a miracle. I want to look at one of the, one of the bigger stories of Jesus' miracle as recorded in the book of John, the gospel according to John. And it's actually the last one, but it's kind of a, an appropriate one to look at for Ash Wednesday because it really tells this whole story uh, moving from death to life. And it's the story about Lazarus. If you do have a Bible, I'd invite you to turn to John chapter 11. And uh, you can follow along. I'm not gonna read it word for word because it's a really long story, uh, but it's from verses one to 44. And so uh, just a a little bit of recap for for those of you who don't know Lazarus or don't know this story. And uh, actually ushers are coming into the room right now. I wanna thank you for your tithes and offerings. Sorry for my forgetfulness. Uh, Thank you for your generosity and for helping to multiply the hope and heartbeat of Jesus You're making an impact in this church and beyond these walls. So thank you for that. Uh, John chapter 11, verses 1 to 44. Lazarus is the story of an individual uh, that we only see just a little bit in the story of Jesus. But we see Mary and Martha as well. They're brothers, uh, brother and sisters. And uh, it's, it's probably believed that these are followers of Jesus. But they kind of stayed close to their hometown. They weren't necessarily one of the 12 who were following him on a regular basis. And so uh, they, are, they are close with Jesus. They believe in his ministry. Um, But now Jesus is out of town and word has come to Jesus that Lazarus is sick. He's very sick and death is just around the corner. And his uh, Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha have sent a message to Jesus to make him aware of this, hoping for something, hoping for Jesus to engage in some specific way. And here's the thing. When he heard about it, he didn't do anything. He just stayed right where he was. Jesus stayed for two more days. Sometimes you might feel like that. When you call out to Jesus, Jesus, where are you? Where are you? Are you here? Are you present? Do you know what's going on? And this is what what Jesus does. And it's a bit peculiar at first. But then he says, after two days, he says, let's go. We're gonna go see the family, Lazarus, Is asleep, But really what he's trying to say is plainly, Lazarus is dead. He's died. And so they decide to make this journey back to Lazarus' hometown. But the disciples are a little nervous about this journey because Jesus had just come from there uh, a few days earlier. And what had happened is it gotten so abrupt, Jesus was kind of ticking a lot of people off and to the point where they were going to stone him. They wanted to kill Jesus. And so they left. But now he wants to go back. And so the disciples are super nervous about this journey back toward Lazarus. And Jesus is unwavering this whole time. But the disciples, specifically Thomas, makes a comment almost sarcastically. All right, well, let's go die with Jesus. He's expecting death. He's expecting the worst. Thomas doesn't know what Jesus has in mind. Jesus maintains his Sort of unwavering faith, his steadfastness, his strength. And then he goes, he gets a little bit closer, and as he's closer, first Martha comes out to him and has all kinds of issues with Jesus, waiting for the last minute to then come. And actually, the last minute has already come and gone. Lazarus is dead, and Martha says to him, If only you'd been here. Where have you been? This is basically your fault. You could have changed this. You could have made an impact in this situation. Where have you been if only you had been here? Jesus tries to have a conversation with Martha to convince her that there's, there's more to the story. There's more coming. There's resurrection coming. But she's not entirely sure what he means. He goes a little bit further and Mary, her sister, comes out and says almost the exact same thing. If only you had been here, Jesus. How many of you have said that in your life to God? Maybe it feels like he's distant or maybe it feels like he shows up, but it's at the wrong time. And you say, if only, if only you'd been there. If only you did this for me, God, then I could do this. If only. I've struggled with that. Certainly moments where I felt like I couldn't sing those lyrics. All my life, you have been faithful. But then looking back to moments where it's like, but were you there? And absolutely he was, but we feel those moments. We have this reality of of grief, of pain, of loss. If only you had been here. And Jesus in this moment is moved. He's moved. He's angry. And then we get to the shortest verse in the Bible Jesus wept. He weeps. I think we, as Christians, uh, and maybe even more so as Americans, we just like to move on. <laughs> we like to move on in grief. I get to do a lot of funerals and walk through the pain and the loss with families. And, and a lot of times they'll say, I just need to get through this and you just need to move past this. No, no. Why? Jesus invites us into these moments of great pain and loss. Coming face to face with our humanity, with what it means to lose something, coming face to face with death because it's part of our story. It's just not the end of the story. Jesus weeps for his friend. He embodies his own humanity and the humanity around him. And then finally, finally, we get in the last three or four verses, he asks them to roll the stone away. And he calls Lazarus to come out of the grave. And Lazarus does. He's resurrected. He's alive. And then it moves on to the next story. This is a fascinating picture here of what's going on. But it's not, it's not just this isolated event that happens. See, there's actually a whole lot of similarities to what's about to come. Actually, this story is one giant foreshadowing of what's about to take place with Jesus. Jesus, in a little while, is going to die. The world has become become a little overcome with a different kind of sickness called sin and death. But Jesus is going to die to defeat that. There is gonna be a time that passes two days to be exact. And then on the third day, something different is going to take place. In the same way, many are going to be troubled by what happens to Jesus on the cross. Many are going to have questions. And even after uh, the resurrection, Thomas, once again, is going to have a snarky little comment. No, I'm not going to believe until I can touch him. There's a similarity here. And in the same way, a stone is going to be rolled away. He will come out of the grave. This entire story is a foreshadowing of the events yet to come. And we get invited into this story. See, uh, oftentimes it's, it's fun to focus on the miracle. I, it'd, be, it'd be fun to talk for 30 minutes about the miracle of Lazarus. And, and that's an important piece, and we should do that. But also, I think it's unique that it's Ash Wednesday to to recognize that the miracle really only happens in about three verses. We get the whole backstory in 40 verses. I think it's important to pay attention to the fact that John takes us through this whole backstory. And it's my theory or contention that I think John's wanting us to, and Jesus is wanting us to pay attention to our humanity and come face to face with it, to confront it. And to come face to face with his humanity. The fact that he identifies with us. But it's also important for us to pay attention to Jesus in the story. To his character and his countenance. His unwavering strength. As well as his unashamed sensitivity. His unwavering strength throughout this whole process. And yet his unashamed sensitivity to his friends, to the loss, to the grief. This makes me think of uh, an experience that we had. I I do have three kids. We have uh, two daughters, twin daughters. They're now six years old. Uh, But this kind of takes me back to the story of the day that they were born. And what had happened is uh, early that morning, we we woke up kind of abruptly about 4.30 or 5 in the morning, and something was just not quite right. Uh, My wife, because she was pregnant with twins, it was already considered an at-risk pregnancy. And so we had had multiple moments like this, uh, but this one seemed just a little bit different. And so she called the hospital, and they said, yeah, why don't you go ahead and come in? Uh, now, we were going to be delivering at Northfield Hospital because we had already sort of built a relationship with them with our son. We liked their process, so we kept with them, but that required us to drive. Now, I, I can't remember. Uh, I, I may have driven a little bit over the speed limit. Uh, I just, I don't know. I can't be for sure. Uh, but we got in the car. We got our stuff. We went down to Northfield, and we got there, and we checked in, and they said, "Yep, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to take the babies. And, and it's going to be good. And so they got my wife all prepped. It was just kind of a blur. It went really fast. They got her prepped. When, uh, she, they took her into another room. And then I sat there alone. A nurse came in just a few seconds, gave me scrubs, and then walked me in uh, to the room. And then I walked in. And there was just doctors and nurses everywhere. Uh, it was a completely different experience than when our son was born. And so I'm, I'm going right up to look. And they said, no, 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 no. You sit down here. We've had too many husbands just collapse on the floor. And uh, I wasn't freaked out by the blood or anything. So I wanted to see, but they didn't let me. So I sit down and then just a few, like a minute or two goes by. And then all of a sudden here comes Lena and then here comes Cora. And then we get to spend a little bit of time with them. And then uh, they were a little bit early. So they shipped them off to Abbott in the NICU for just a couple weeks. And then eventually they came home. so it was just a rush and it all happened really fast. But then uh, fast forward to our first appointment uh, back with our delivering doctor and and the girls. And we went in and and we talked to her and she said, you guys, that was crazy. And we're like, yeah, yeah, I mean, crazy. We have twins now. She's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You needed to come in when you came in. Uh, You don't realize how intense... That was See, actually there was some significant challenges with Lena. And I won't get into all of the details, but basically had we not gotten in there as, as early as we did, uh, some, of the, some of the challenges would have increased very rapidly and then caused significant complications for Danielle and then ultimately for, for Cora as well. She said, if you didn't get here when you did, this could have been a very, very different story. And all in that moment, we had no idea. We had no clue that any of that had gone on because the day of, when we went in, she was just smooth as ice. I mean, just super cool the whole time. Didn't, didn't seem like she was phased at all. Just, oh, okay, that's what, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna move in there. And just didn't seem stressed. But then the moment we realized the gravity of the situation, we had a whole new appreciation for her and all of the doctors and nurses that were a part of that. A whole new appreciation because we had just come to grips with the fact of really the humanity and the gravity of that situation. It was scary. We have a whole new appreciation for life when we come face to face with the possibility of death or with death itself. And Jesus invites us into this. I wanna show you, fast forward six years later and here's my girls, uh, Lena and Cora. Lena's on the right-hand side and you just see the joy. Uh, Yeah. I thank God that those doctors and nurses knew exactly what they were doing, unwavering strength and yet unashamed sensitivity, awareness of what they needed to do to take us through that process. They don't smile like that all the time. So you just got one of those pictures, okay? (laughs) but knowing that that joy is on the other side of it. uh, After having dealt with the gravity of what the situation could have been, just raises the level of appreciation. And this is what we're doing on Ash Wednesday. We're intentionally setting aside time to come face to face with the pain of what it means to be human. Uh, but also the joy that's on the other end of it because of the resurrection. And so we confront our humanity and we say, from dust you are, and to dust you will return. Because death is a part of our story. But death is not the end. And that's the miracle. That's the miracle of the resurrection. And so in just a moment, we're gonna do that. But I want us to be reminded Uh, that our story, just like Lazarus, gets to reflect the story of Jesus. We too will rise again. We too will run out of that grave. But before we do, before we jump ahead to Easter, I think it's important that we first reflect on the journey that we have ahead these next 40 days. Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you for new life. And thank you that even though we experience that now in Christ, in the name of Jesus, we also have these seasons throughout our year, throughout our calendar, where we get to intentionally take time to come face to face uh, with what was conquered. You conquered sin and death in order to get to life in order to get to resurrection life. And so God, may may we now in this time of intentionality come face to face with what you have defeated. So we have a whole new appreciation for what you have given us in new life, in resurrection. In Jesus' name we all pray, amen.